This podcast exists for entertainment purposes only. Before making any investment decisions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome back to Man vs. Market, a show where we take a look at the past, present, and future of macroeconomics and the stock market. It's crazy for me to think that we are already on episode 7 of the show. I would not have made it this far without you guys and without the support that you've shown me thus far. So thank you very much for that. Before we get started, I'm also just going to add that I am just finishing up my two-week vacation and I'm still using my substitute microphone. So the audio quality may not be 100% exactly what I would like, but I will be back in the home studio next week for episode 8. Now, we need to jump right into things because there has been a ridiculous amount that has happened since the last episode. For starters, the S&P 500 fell 6% this week after the high CPI numbers last week forced the Fed to hike rates by 75 basis points instead of the 50 basis points that they had talked about earlier. The week started with a 2.5% down gap as the markets anticipated drastic Fed action after the incredibly poor CPI numbers from the week prior. Wednesday was a perfect example of a delayed market reaction as we actually finished the day up 1.5%, despite the 75 basis point hike from the Fed. Now, the reason that we actually finished green on the day is because there were no surprises. The market had priced in the 75 basis point hike with the down gap Monday and the poor Tuesday. So the market got exactly what it thought it was going to get. It wasn't until Thursday and Friday that we saw the sellers continue to panic and thus we sold off further. The SPY now sits at 365.86 and is down almost 24% from its all-time highs set in early January. The S&P 500 is now officially in a bear market. Now, like we talked about in the last episode, I fully expected new lows to come. However, I really didn't think that we were going to sell off that quickly. But that hidden, bearish divergence that we talked about for the last couple of episodes has continued to play out, and we have seen that downside that the charts have been hinting at. Now, while I do think there is more downside to come, it might be time to start considering going long in the short term. If we take a look at a couple of different time frames, we see some signals that have historically been very bullish. First, if we take a look at the daily chart, we see some of the oscillators are at oversold levels we haven't seen in a very long time. The MACD has not been this oversold since the initial COVID drop back in March of 2020, while the RSI has not been this oversold since late January of this year. And following that oversold signal in January, the market rallied about 10%. If we go to the 65-minute chart, we see an even stronger signal that might be a short-term buy. If we take a look at the lows set early in the week and the lows set later in the week, we see that the lows later in the week are higher on the oscillator than they are in the price action. This is textbook strong bullish divergence and means that the charts think we are due for a short-term bounce. If we draw out a Fibonacci retracement pattern from the last highs set in March, 
to the lows set this week. And if we are assuming that these lows set this week are in fact a short-term bottom, then the first level to the upside that we want to watch is 385. If this bullish divergence pattern is to play out, then it wouldn't be crazy to assume that we could definitely hit the 385 level over the next two weeks or so. However, I must say I am still bearish on the overall market. I just think that the market is now pricing in a worst case scenario and thus is providing a solid buying opportunity in many different stocks. So I think we're going to see a short term rally to the upside before potentially seeing more downside. So if you are considering playing an upside move, I would highly advise being very cautious as the longer term trend is still down and at the current level of volatility we could see very quick market retracements. My plan will be to wait until we see a small rally and a rejection back to the downside before entering another short position. Moving over to economic news, there is a lot to cover after the single largest rate hike since 1994. First and foremost, this last week represented the 10th red week out of the last 11 weeks, representing one of the longest losing streak for stocks in modern history. Like we mentioned before, the S&P 500 is now down 24% from the highs, compared to the NASDAQ down 32% from the highs, and the Dow Jones down almost 19% from the highs. As far as total cash value goes, this is one of the single biggest eliminations of wealth in history. So far, as is typical in bear markets, value stocks have dramatically outperformed growth stocks, as the growth index was down 30% on the year, while the value index is down just 15%. In fact, there are now 167 companies in the Russell 3000 that are trading below cash, meaning that the company's market capitalization is less than the available cash the company has. The previous monthly record was 165 back in February of 2009. And if history tells us anything, there are a lot of good bargains in the market right now. These market losses are nothing compared to the losses in the most speculative market, crypto. Bitcoin is down more than 70% from its highs set back in November, and it now hovers near $20,000. The cryptocurrency market as a whole is down more than $2 trillion since the peak. This cryptocurrency market meltdown has been absolutely devastating for the millions of Americans who use cryptocurrency as a means for their savings. Combine this with the sky-high inflation, and we are seeing millions of Americans losing high percentages of their net worths due to this last sell-off. However, I will add that for the 12 months after inflation peaked in the early 80s, the stock market returned a whopping 31%. And, historically, every time we've seen a pullback of this magnitude, the following year has been fantastic for markets. So just because things look bleak now does not mean that we are in for several years of market pain. This pullback in assets represents a great opportunity to start accumulating long positions. However, there may still be further downside. But if you are able to weather the storm of volatility, I would highly recommend adding to your long positions now. Moving over to the recent Fed actions, it seems like they are essentially saying a recession is very likely. Even the strongest part of the economy, the labor market, is beginning to overheat as more and more are returning to the labor force as inflation is increasing 
household expenses. If the labor market goes, the economy will go with it. To make matters even worse, I really don't think that these rate hikes are going to do much to slow inflation. The Fed is deliberately trying to slow down the economy and crash asset prices, but I think higher oil prices are definitely incoming and inflation won't likely slow, meaning I think the Fed is crashing the markets, bringing down the economy, without effectively stopping inflation. So I continue to stand by my belief that we are due for a bout of stagflation. Let's quickly take a look at the man versus market portfolio thus far. This last market dump has essentially pulled everything down with it, including the resilient oil stocks. So our first position of market sectors has definitely struggled this last week with every single position being down at least 8% since entry. XLE, which was up at one point from our entry, 16%, is now down 8.7% since entry. The position of XLE, XLV, XLB, and XLP is now down 9.87% together. However, I will add that the SPY is down 11.6% since the same time. So we are technically still beating the market, albeit barely. It is, however, our other positions that greatly bring the overall portfolio up. Our gold position is up 1.76% in the same time that the SPY is down 9%. Our silver position is up 3.5% in the same time that the SPY is down 9%. And our UUP position is up 1.5% in the same time the market's down 6%. Today, I'm actually going to be closing another position the UVXY position. We are up 12.2% since entry in the same time that the market is down almost 12%, meaning we are beating the market by 24% in this position. I'm closing this position and taking these gains and moving on. Last, our agricultural stock position has struggled and is down more than 3% from even the broader market. However, our portfolio cumulative performance is slightly above break-even in the same time that the market is down almost 9%, meaning we are beating the market by over 9% on this portfolio. Not bad. This brings me to a new position we are going to add to the portfolio. Over the last few weeks, most oil stocks are down almost 20% despite the incredibly elevated prices. The best example here is Chevron, ticker CVX. The number of funds that have added CVX to their portfolios over the last couple of weeks has increased dramatically. After an optimistic earnings call, many signals are pointing to more upside for CVX. The largest holder of CVX is Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, owning more than 8% of the company. In fact, Berkshire increased its stake in Chevron by 316% over the last quarter. And in the first quarter of the year, Chevron posted a revenue increase of over 70%. This last pullback has brought us right to that 38.2 Fibonacci level, near about $148. I'm going to be adding CVX on this last dip due to my hypothesis that oil is going to continue higher as we go into the summer and subsequently the fall. Another reason I am doubling down on my bullish oil prediction is that I believe there is a severe energy crisis coming in the next couple of months. There is this narrative that we need to switch to renewable energy right away. However, we are probably 30 plus years away from being able to fully switch to renewable energy 
energy. And even then, oil is going to be a necessity. We currently don't have the tech or the infrastructure that would be necessary for a full-scale switch. So we need to continue investing in oil today and in the future. Regardless, we are probably in for a heavy energy crisis due to this green push. I will say, I do think we need to be actively finding solutions and new renewable energy sources along the way. However, recent policies and intentions to phase out oil have been happening faster than the replacements have been coming in. Combine that with the supply strains from COVID and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we should see prices continue to rise as we head into the busy summer months and ultimately into the colder winter months. Oil now sits at $108 a barrel, and I fully expect that $130 level that was cracked early in March to be breached in the coming weeks or months. Thanks for listening to the Man vs. Market podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends. I now have plans to include some guests on some future shows. And some of these future episodes will include some invaluable information to help you beat the market. On that note, we'll end right here, and I'll talk to you guys next week.